were friends with Michael Williams and his parents for many years and were saddened in 2012 when Michael was diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia at 12 years old. Michael fought the cancer bravely through many treatments and spent months at a well-known pediatric oncology hospital. As you can imagine, during that time, Michael's parents' faith was sorely tested. Promising treatments were tried and failed. His father, a jogger named Josh, pounded the trail near their home every day, proclaiming he was stomping out cancer cells. Josh shared, We are worn out from raising our hopes and watching them dashed. Wanting desperately to gain control of this situation, I have yelled at God and continually asked, What do you want me to do, God? God answers always seem to be the same. There's nothing you can do, Josh. I didn't like that answer. I want to be able to do or say something that will change things. It was Michael, however, who in his simple, straightforward words, finally gave me the answer. On July 20th, 2014, at at age 14, Michael sat in a wheelchair with his confirmation class at their church and read his favorite scripture, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Then Michael read his statement of faith entitled, My Creed, What I Believe About My Best Friend. I believe that God is our past, our present, and our destiny. He is the almighty being that has created us and given us the right to live as we wish. He loves every one of us, no matter what other people say. Everyone in his book is equal, regardless of what is going on in the world. I believe that everything in our lives has a purpose. God decides if that certain thing is good or bad because we weren't given the right to judge God's actions or events in our lives. I believe Jesus died for us to enable everyone to rise up into heaven if they chose to have a strong will and reject sin and follow God. He has given us the Bible for the same reason, to help guide us through our lives. It is filled with teachings and guidelines and answers. All these are there if you can find them. Because if you find your own meaning, your interpretation will be your own belief and not somebody else's belief. I believe the Holy Spirit comes to you when you are ready to be fully brought into the church. I believe that when I receive the Holy Spirit, my spirit will be fully initiated into God's world and I will start a spiritual growth spurt. I believe Christ promised eternal life because at the end, God wants us to be united with all the people that suffered or were tempted or had many troubles and barriers to climb over or just had plain problems and still stayed close to God 
and believed. I believe that I am like an instrument of God. He uses me in his own ways by directing my life the way he wants it. And I believe that whatever happens to me, or rather my body, if it's with pain or without, it's all for God. A month later, Michael's cancer intensified, making it very difficult for Michael to breathe or swallow. The doctor says there was nothing further they could do except if we wanted, we should stay with him through his final hours. And so his parents sat by his side as Michael struggled for breath in those last hours. Just before he took what would be his last breath, Michael sat up, opened his eyes, took his dad's hand and said, I'm okay, dad. I'm really okay. I'll soon not need to struggle to breathe anymore, but I am worried about you. You really need to get to know God. Do it, dad. Do it, dad. And Michael laid back down, closed his eyes, and took his very last earthly breath. Jess called us later that evening. Michael's gone, he said. He was so peaceful. He just quit breathing. I've been running on the trail since then, thinking maybe I could outrun this awful pain I have. But it wasn't working. Until a few minutes ago, Michael's last words came to my mind and uh, he fell silent. I told God I wanted the peace that Michael had. Michael's last words filled my brain and seemed to saturate me with hope I hadn't had in a long time. I fell to my knees right there on the trail and gave up fighting it. God reached down and filled my soul with peace. I could feel Michael smiling. It took his death, I guess, to realize I'm not in charge of anything important except my response to God. He was silent, then hung up the phone. At Michael's funeral a few days later, Josh told his story about Michael's last moments. Josh told us he had become increasingly angry and tense over the last two years of Michael's battle for life. Josh concluded with, this morning, I feel different, more relaxed and confident than I have felt for a long time. I believe it wasn't until Michael actually died that I finally realized I am not in control of anything important in this life except my responses to it. Michael used his last breaths to challenge me to get to know God. In that way, our son's death gave me the keys to eternal life. Michael, I promise to do my best to live my life like you did, to the fullest, no matter what comes my way. 
The Bible tells us that often the strongest messages come out of the mouths of children, for their simple, direct message is clear. Michael's message was simple and clear. Michael's favorite Bible verse is Psalm 51. I'd like to close today with part of that verse. May God create in me and all of us a clean heart. And may God today renew a right spirit within me and all of you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Amen. This has been a 2020 Footprints of Hope podcast. Original stories by Pastor Mary McQueen. Reach her at Pastor Mary Mac on Twitter. Mix and original music by Ken McQueen.